Welcome back to the Inside D3 Show Season 2. Brand new episodes, brand new topics, brand new guests, and a whole lot more to discuss for you guys. I don't know about y'all, but I'm super excited to get this new content out. So be on the lookout for new episodes on all of our platforms. You can follow us on our website at InsideD3.com. D3 Inside is still the Twitter and the Instagram. And for our Facebook and all of our streaming platforms, just search the Inside D3 show. So yeah, I'm done talking. Um, enjoy the season, enjoy the show, and thank you guys for watching. Thanks to the guests and everyone else that's been supporting since day one. So, joining us today is Nikki Ayers. She is the Assistant Athletic Director for Admissions and Compliance, Senior Women Administrator, and Title IX Coordinator at Claremont Bud Scripps of the Sky Act Conference. Nikki, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm great, Morgan. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of this. Me too. I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we can, you know, talk a little bit about our topic today, which is women in sports. And I think you're a great representation of that. So let's just get right into it. Um, my first question for you is not really a question, but it's more of a, a request, I would say. But um, just give us a little bit of a background on you, um, some of your history through athletics and, you know, your career. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll start off a little bit by talking about my college search process and everything. I was a uh, high school soccer player. I played club ODP um, and everything. And I thought originally I wanted to go division one. I, I had a couple of uh, offers from smaller universities and everything. And um, through my college search process, I, I kind of narrowed it down because I wanted to be actually a history teacher in high school and then coach college soccer. Um, and as I narrowed down my search and everything, I found out that I really didn't like the large school environment. It wasn't really something that I was looking forward to. Um, I went and visited one university and I didn't like the fact that I was gonna have to hop on a bus to get to my next class. I wanted that kind of walking from class to class feel in that small community. Um, so I narrowed my search down a little bit to smaller institutions within three hours of where um, my parents were living at the time, which was uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. So I um, looked around at various Division three institutions and ended up falling in love with Juniata College in Huntington, Pennsylvania. Um, I ended up going early decision to Juniata uh, and Throughout my career there, I had a great time on the women's soccer team. It was a newer program uh, at the time. I think it was less than 20 years old um, when I got there and everything. So we were still building the program and it was an amazing experience um, being part of that team and, and the growth, uh, starting the growth that that team is, has been able to make uh, over the years and everything. Um, you know, one of the things that I loved about my experience was just the student athlete experience as a whole, um, which is something that I absolutely love about Division Three. We would, you know, end practice, go to the dining hall, sit and chat, maybe do a little bit of work and everything, and then immediately be like, hey, you guys want to go check out the volleyball game? Um, and everything and so we would just head over there and you would find the majority of the rest of the student athletes there as well too. It was a super supportive environment. I just absolutely loved my experience there and I wouldn't have traded it for anything in the world. Um, I was lucky enough that I had a, a really good career there. 
Um, I still have a couple records. I made all conference four years. And um, in 2018, I was lucky enough to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, uh, which was great. Um, and I still keep in contact with a lot of people from Juniata, especially uh, my former coach, who's now an associate athletic director there uh, and everything. And that really kind of started my path into Division Three athletics. Uh, while I was there, I decided that education wasn't necessarily the field that I wanted to go into. And during a conversation with my former coach, you know, he was like, it sounds like what you really want to do is you want to be involved in athletics. Because originally I thought that I was going to have to teach in order to coach um, and everything. And I didn't really have anyone guiding me into the fact that athletics could actually be a career. Um, so he's like, you know, you can work at a college and you can work in an athletic department and you can coach and you can do other things and everything. So one of the great things about Juniata that I loved was instead of having majors, they had things, they had, um, what they call program of emphasis or POEs. So you could actually create your own. Um, so they didn't have a sports management program. So I was able to work with both of my advisors and create my own essentially major at Juniata, um, taking a combination of business courses and communication. And then also I had um, a full year internship within the athletic department while I was there. I ended up essentially running our intramural programming for the entire year, um, which helped me get my first job at Grinnell. So, um, you know, Juniata really kicked off my love for Division Three, my passion for Division Three. And then when I graduated, I was lucky enough to get a position as a director of intramural and club sports and assistant soccer coach at Grinnell College. Um, and I had a fabulous mentor in Heather Benning. She's now the um, Midwest Conference Commissioner. Uh, she's highly active in the NCAA and she's a, a phenomenal Division Three supporter and champion. Um, and I was lucky enough to be under her and everything. So. I had a great start in Division Three athletics. I was super lucky. Um, and, you know, from there, I ended up getting my head coaching job uh, at 22. Um, looking back now, I don't really think I was 100% ready for it. Um, in hindsight, I do a lot of things differently, but it definitely helped me grow as a coach and as someone in D3 athletics. Um, I was able to make a lot of really great connections there. Um, while I was at Knox, I ended up um, getting married, and uh, due to poor planning, my husband and I welcomed our daughter opening weekend of the last year that I was coaching at Knox. Um, so I had her on a uh, Sunday, and I was back on the field coaching the next Saturday. Um, and, and I think that's actually a fairly common thing for women working in athletics is you don't really necessarily take that maternity leave or that time to kind of, to kind of relax and chill. Um, so at the end of that season, I was, I was really doubting whether or not I could handle recruiting on the road with being a mom and doing a lot of other things and being in college athletics. So I decided to, to make a change and I decided to resign. Um, after the season, uh, because I, I, in all honesty, I didn't feel like I had uh, a mentor or any female mentors that I could necessarily go to to talk about how to balance any of that. Um, so I left college athletics uh, for about six months. Um, started my master's degree online through Duquesne University, 
in leadership. I figured I might as well be doing something while I'm taking some time off and, and you know, caring for my daughter and everything. And uh, was lucky enough that I kept in contact with uh, my former coach at Juniata who um, got me back into college athletics as an assistant coach there for a couple of years. But my position there was also, um, it was also tied into the residential life program and student affairs. So I will say that, you know, a lot of times athletic departments, even at the division three level can act kind of siloed um, and not really integrate themselves very well into the campus community and everything. Um, the fact that I, I was able to work with student affairs and residential life and, and be in that, uh, in that area in addition to athletics has, has actually made me a much better administrator. I had to form relationships with, you know, different departments across campus that I never come in contact with. And I was able to actually see the way that a college actually runs and, and how athletics fits into that better than I did when I was a coach. Um, after Juniata, my husband and I decided to come back out here after we uh, had our son and um, ended up getting a job in student affairs and outside of athletics at Harvey Mudd College as part of the Claremont Colleges Consortium. Um, and during that time, I forged relationships and became an assistant coach with uh, the women's soccer program at CMS and just really um, tried to integrate myself as much as possible uh, with athletics and, and the support of the Harvey Mudd student athletes primarily because that's where I was working uh, and trying to forge a better bond between athletics and, and our, um, our institution. And, you know, during that time, CMS was building the wonderful facility that's behind me, uh, Roberts Pavilion. And uh, when they finished building it, they had a position open. I applied to it, and uh, I've been with CMS ever since, and I'm loving it. Um, my position's changed from kind of a facilities and events position to being in compliance. I uh, have some, you know, previous experience in compliance and everything. Uh, and, you know, over the last couple of years, we've had um, some changes in our administration. So. Uh, my position shifted a lot in the last like three years and everything, but we have a phenomenal athletic director and Erica Jasper now, and we are um, pretty much smooth sailing right now and, and really excited for the future here at CMS. So that's a, a long-winded answer <laughs> to your first question, um, but I, I don't feel like I've really had a typical, you know, path through athletics to my position and everything. I, I kind of stalled out a bit and then explored other opportunities and, and grew through student affairs and, and finally feel like I'm, I'm where I belong. And this is one of those things where I feel like no one really that I've talked to has a very straightforward path through their, you know, athletics career. It's one of those things where everybody sort of, you know, finds wherever they fit. And I think that that's one of the things that I feel like you've been able to do in a sense. So I'm, I'm glad you found our, found a home over there and in such a nice athletic facility as we can see in the back too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. let's talk a little bit about just your journey through athletics and some of the things that you've seen shift for, you know, women in that field. Have you seen any type of, you know, maybe things that have, have, have maybe not, shifted or things that you'd like to see shift or 
you know, some some things are opportunities that you've you've seen, you know, arise as you know the the years have progressed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and kind of going back to what I was saying earlier is, um, you know, when I when I was kind of toying back and forth with whether or not I wanted to stay in athletics, I really felt like there there weren't a ton, or at least not a lot of well known. Um, support systems or or anything for women in athletics so um, if there aren't a lot of women in the department who might be in the same situation maybe have kids or, or understand where you're coming from it's hard to find those connections um, so one thing that I will say that I've seen definitely get better and become a larger piece of um, you know athletics for women are, are the support groups and and the different professional development groups like Women Leaders in College Sports, We Coach, um, a lot of different organizations um, are now providing programming and support and networking for women in athletics. And I think that that's vital um, to continue forward with the progress that we've been making. Um, over the last couple of years, you've seen a lot more women become athletic directors, conference commissioners, and I think um, you know, we're on a good path where we still have, you know, a large, um, you know, gap to kind of make up and everything. Um, but I think in all honesty, in terms of women in sports in general, I think it really starts at the youth level. Um, I think if you, if I think about my experience playing soccer um, in my youth and everything, I never had a female coach. I played since I was five years old, every ASO coach, every club coach, high school, college, ODP, every single coach I had was male. Um, and part of that is because there aren't enough female coaches at the youth level that um, young girls growing up right now don't know that that's actually a possibility. You know, it, it took until college, and granted that was in the early 2000s, but it took until college for um, me to realize that I could have a career in athletics. I didn't think that that was actually a possibility. So I think there need to be some changes. And I think that we need to, to have more women integrated in youth sports. So it's modeled for the younger women as they're coming up and, and participating in everything. Um, you know, another thing that, that I think we're making a little bit of progress on, but I'd love to see a lot more progress um, in college athletics is um, you know, roles of, of women in, let's say, administration. There aren't a ton of women in fields like sports information. There aren't a ton of women in facilities and events. Um, you see a lot of women's roles being, and I'm saying this as the compliance director, in compliance, student-athlete development. Um, we need more in fundraising. Uh, there are just more male-dominated areas of athletics that I think we need to, to hire more women into, give more education in, um, you know, in terms of opportunities for women to enter those fields um, and, and support too. So I think a lot of the, the governing bodies and I think a lot of the professional organizations like Women Leaders, like We Coach, um, I think COSIDA does some programming for their women SIDs. Um, I think there's a group of women commissioners in Division Three that get together and, and do a lot of light networking and idea, you know, brainstorming and stuff like that. I think we need to continue doing all of that. But I think 
in order for us to make a large leap, it needs to really actually start at the youth level. So young girls know that athletics can be a career. Yeah, I, I think that representation is key. You know, if you see a lot of people like you in these positions, you know, it, it gives you a better idea of, you know, what the scope of the field is. It's, it's almost the same as, you know, seeing African-American coaches and, and African-American teachers and things like that, you know, within your classroom. You feel a lot more empowered and inspired to pursue those types of careers because, you know, it's possible. But if you don't see those type of things, it's it's, it's almost like it's, just you know brush to the side almost yeah exactly I, I think we have a, a lot of work to do in um, empowering women but in, in all honesty diversity and inclusion overall I yeah. think there's a ton of work to be done we're gonna you know hope and try and push those type of narratives to everybody we can and you know I, I hope that we can see that type of change very soon definitely absolutely all right, so my last question for you, um, you kind of answered both of them on there when I, <laughs> when I was asking, but um, my last question for you, Nikki, is, you know, what can we as men do, you know, in these type of situations to further advance that representation and, you know, support women in their fight for equality and, you know, equity in athletics? Yeah, you know, there's... There's several things that, that men can do. Um, if you're an athletic director, uh, really looking at hiring women, really looking at you know bringing in a diverse pool of candidates. Um, I think sometimes it's easy to do things like hire internally um, and not post things. And, and, and you see that a lot at Division Three. but I think we're missing out on a lot of really great people um, by not um, either posting or, you know, thinking, you know, who you want to hire for the position and, and everything like that. I think trying to get a diverse pool of candidates is, is super valuable in every search process. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough that I've had uh, a few male champions in terms of my career, one of those being my former coach at Juniata, um, one of those being uh, our former athletic director here who hired me into this position at CMS. Um, and then, in all honesty, my husband. Um, my husband's in athletics. He works for CMS in our facilities and events uh, area. And um, I'm super lucky to have someone who understands this landscape because I think it would be tougher with the amount of hours that we put in. Um, to, to do this job. So having, you know, male champions, having female champions, having other women in, in the business that can help support you and network and mentor you, I think is super um, important. The other thing is, is I, I think, and, and I, not to be complaining or anything, but I think sometimes, and I know I fall into this category a lot, women feel like they have to work harder and longer than our male counterparts. And I feel like sometimes our positions can kind of turn into more catch-all positions of, oh, I, I know she's gonna know the answer to this, so I'm gonna ask her this question, which is fine. And I would, in all honesty, rather have it that way. But I feel like a lot of women fall into that, to that category and, um, you know, it's something that I feel like 
our male counterparts can maybe recognize that we shouldn't have to work longer or harder or know absolutely everything about every working department in the college um, just in order to do our job right. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, especially for me and like the compliance realm and everything, compliance people are not necessarily the most loved people in the department, um, just with following rules and everything like that. And trust me, we sign up knowing that and that's just kind of how it is. But just because we say, no, you can't do that, doesn't mean that we're bad people. So I think sometimes when women are strong and they have strong opinions, they can be considered mean or aggressive. And I, I think education on you know, male counterparts and, and our department's great about it. I haven't run into anything here and everything, but you know, I've seen it with other people and other friends who have called me who are in similar positions and they're just getting berated. And, and I think that understanding that just because you're standing strong doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're mean or you're a bad person or anything. I think that's an unfair thing that gets thrown on to women, um, specifically in, in athletics. Um, and you're going to find strong women in athletics. So, you know, it's something that it's just, it's common. Like every woman in athletics is a strong opinionated woman and it's great. And just accept it <laughs> is the big thing. We're still nice. It's just, you know, give us a little bit of leeway just because we say no doesn't mean that we, doesn't mean that we don't like you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but really make sure you're looking at everyone in your candidate pools champion as many women as you can in your department, whether that's an assistant coach or a coordinator or a head coach who wants to become an administrator, um, you know, providing, you know, insight, guidelines, connecting them with other strong women across campus. Um, I think that's super important. Um, and yeah, just understanding that, you know, we're people too. And, you know, we, we love our jobs and we love athletics just as much as the men and we're just as competitive as well too. Definitely. I completely agree. Um, I think it definitely starts with us, you know, if, if we don't have those type of champions and that type of representation in order to, you know, help an ally for you all, then it's, it's, it's never really going to, you know, you're never really going to see any differences. So, or any changes. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that definitely starts with, all of the majority, which we see is, is, is in the NCAA, is, is, is a male-dominated population. So we've got to use our representation to, you know, champion for the minority. So I, I definitely think that that's, that's the key. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was lucky enough that um, my mom is actually a 35-year-old, 35-year um, veteran of the automotive industry. Um, and she was pretty high up nationally in, in one of the major automotive companies. And she dealt with a lot of this a lot of the time. So, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to kind of bounce things off of her of how to approach certain situations where I felt like, you know, I'm, you know, I might need some help in terms of, you know, it was a male, female kind of issue and, and everything and advocating for myself or actually in supporting other women in athletics, you know, because I know that she mentored some women when she was also, you know, working and everything like that. She's retired now, 
but I was lucky enough to actually have um, a very strong role model in my mom that she dealt with a lot of the same things that, you know, either I'm dealing with or have dealt with, or, you know, I can help other people as well too. Well, Nikki, thank you so much for coming on, talking with us. Thank you for your insight as well. I, I definitely think that, you know, there's, there's a lot of topics that need, needed to be spoken on like this. So we definitely appreciate your time and thank you for joining us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Morgan. I appreciate it.